Comcast Business gives you fast gig speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. So you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11-15-20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business Service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. The following podcast contains strong language and discussions of mature themes in the context of an R-rated movie. It's just about fun, isn't it? Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we watch a movie from our youth and see just how problematic it is by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we're talking about The Crush, which was released in the US on April 2nd, 1993. It was written and directed by Alan Shapiro and stars Carrie Always. Is that how you say his name? Carrie yeah, Always. <laughs> and features the big screen debut of Alicia Silverstone. It certainly does. <laughs> um... <laughs> So what's going to happen in this podcast is Jen and I have thought of three problems this movie has, three each. Um, they could be major problems or they could just be silly problems and pointless problems. Um, we'll take turns and go through them one at a time and neither of us know what the other one's going to say, so <laughs> that's going to be fun. Um, uh, at the end, we'll also have one positive thing to say about the movie each. Uh, so again, that should be fun. So uh, <laughs> Jen, I picked this one. Um, so do you have any history with The Crush? Yeah, it, I was, I'm in, in the 90s, I was really into these kinds of thrillers and stuff. Um, I like a good stalker. And I wanted to see it, but I didn't get around to it for a while. And I, I guess I eventually watched it. I probably rented it on VHS or watched it on TV. Um, and was kind of disappointed. I think I'd built it up in my head. Um, and I only saw it the one time. It's so funny because my memory sucks. But in, when I was watching this and um, they introduced Adrian, I was like, I thought she had a more interesting name than that. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that she did. And it's all dubbed, which explains a lot because there were times where I'm watching it and I'm like, wow, that dubbing is really bad right there. And it's because they were saying a completely different name. Yeah, that's um, one, that's one of my problems. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of my problems is just the entire movie. But uh, <laughs> yes, the end. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I guess by the time I watched it, I think I was maybe watching, but so maybe I didn't see it till much later. Because I, I feel like I knew who Amber Benson was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I saw it in the late nineties, and um, it's kind of funny that I'm watching it this week because. Last week, I watched Clueless for the first time in a long time. Right. And I totally forgot I was going to be watching this. And it's so weird to watch this right after seeing Clueless. Yeah, some contrast, eh? What's your history? Um, I think I watched it. I think it came straight to DVD over here. Well, sorry, VHS uh, back then. So I think I rented it based on a trailer that I saw in one, another VHS tape. I think I liked it back then. It certainly stuck in my mind because it was one of the first movies. In fact, it was the first movie that came into my head when I thought about doing this podcast. So, yeah, I just I wanted a way to actually just speak about this movie. <laughs> yeah, so I think I've only ever seen it once back in the 90s, but it stuck in my head because I did remember so much of it. I remember the soundtrack as well. Like, 
one song in particular, and I'll get into that later. It's not actually this movie's never been released over here on DVD. Or really? Blu-ray? No. It only <laughs> got released in Blu-ray in the US recently, didn't it? It was a I new. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Alan Shapiro does a commentary for it, and I would oh. love to listen to it. Oh, if I'd known that, I totally would have bought that and listened to it. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't write down a um, synopsis, so we'll just wing the synopsis. If you didn't want to do just like a synopsis like you usually do, basically the way they pitch movies that like you would say this is um, Fail Attraction meets Lolita. Mm-hmm. It gives you it gives you the exact idea of what the yeah, movie is. It does. So my first problem is that this is based on a true story. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's exaggerated. Um, but writer director Ang Shapiro, Shapiro wrote this based on a teenage girl who had a crush on him when he rented a guest house from a family in Beverly Hills in 1982. So ten years before this. 11 years, but when they filmed it, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I doubt it went as far as the stuff happened in this movie, but um, the girl uh, actually sued them. He's, she sued uh, Alan Shapiro for using her name, Dorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, how stupid is he? Exactly. Exactly. Like, um, Is it Dorian or Darian? Sorry, it's Darian. Darian. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I have Dar- to write Dorian. Sorry, carry on. Darian is a very unique name. It is. And if you're going to base something on someone, change the fucking name. Exactly. Like, that's... Well, and I don't... I've never understood the legality with these things, because I know that, like, sometimes when they come up with a character's name, it's like, if there's only one or two people with that name, you can't use it or something. Mm-hmm. Like there, I, I just remember specifically there was something about, um, you know, the char- the main character in the book about a boy has one name, and they had to change it for the film version because they couldn't clear the rights to the name or something because somebody mm-hmm. else had that name. But if it's like a common name, they can use it. Whatever. Yeah. And I, I could see why he'd want to use it. Darian is a good name. Mm-hmm. It's but, a good name um, for a character, yeah. Yeah, but it's like if if it's based on a real character, no. And also, from what I and I did a lot of research today. Okay, mm-hmm. I went down the rabbit hole, but there mm-hmm. wasn't much of a rabbit hole to go down because there is no information on this that I could find besides the fact that he rented the garage apartment from her parents. She had a crush on him. He rejected her. She carved um, Alan sucks cock on his car. <laughs> her parents and she and her parents denied it was her. But then her friend came to him and told him that she did it. Mm. There was no murder or attempted murder. <laughs> as far as I know, no lying about ri- like and, and then it's one of those things where, it, I mean, as a woman, <laughs> knowing what I know, uh, seeing what I've seen, it's like. Okay, it, it is very possible that a young girl had a crush on you and, and hit on you a bunch. But honestly, what what was Alan Shapiro doing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. If if you've got an idea for a movie, right, and it's like, oh, I'm going to write this. This is based on something that ha- happened to me 10 years ago. This may make a good movie, but I'm going to change the character of the girl and make her a psychopath mm-hmm. and make her, like, do 
really bad things and accused the lead guy of rape and um you know uh, and then attempt to kill people change the name change mm-hmm. the name Alan Shapiro <laughs> <laughs> well I mean, and I'm <laughs> it's a bit late now but <laughs> yeah well they did it they dubbed Adrian yep. over everything they did is that the version you watched as well yeah yeah, that's. I think that's all that's available now. Yeah. Um. I also watched the trailer, which had some stuff that wasn't in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And I watched some really bad quality deleted scenes because when they re-air it on TV, they put some deleted scenes back in. Yeah. Um. But there's one scene that wasn't on the deleted scenes that was in the trailer where they're in the pool, and another one where she's standing over the bed and she, um, with him and Amy, and she pulls away the sheets. And I feel like, I don't know what happens in those scenes, but I feel like they might have made the movie more interesting. Because <laughs> um, that, in my, my, my big question before we really get into it is, are we supposed to be sympathetic towards Nick? That's another one of my problems. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, and I, I forgot that I was going to do this. I was going to, because I did read some reviews and they were bad reviews, but mm-hmm. I, I meant to read as many reviews as possible because, um, I was curious if that is the impression that people got then, because I know mm-hmm. things have changed. Um, I'm sure when I watched it, I was probably more sympathetic to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I then got sidetracked by the whole real life thing. <laughs> Yeah, it does get into some really weird territory. But also, I remember watching... I mean, the VHS version, I remember a name being Darren. I remember it. You know what I mean? Vividly. Um, because it's such... Even though I said Dorian earlier, but I wrote that down. I knew it was Darren, <laughs> but I wrote down Dorian. Um, I think it was actually... Because uh, it's such an unusual name, and I really like that name. So, um, yeah. So what is your um first problem, Jen? I mean... <laughs> if I can't just say the whole thing. Well, tell the podcast if you have more than one. <laughs> well, I, I guess my main thing is the fact that, like, this girl's trouble. Mm-hmm. She's bad. Um, mm-hmm. She clearly ha- like has some mental issues. Like, I think this movie probably wouldn't be made this way right now just because, like, we take mental health a little more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, instead of it's like, oh, she's this crazy little girl, we'd be like, oh, she has borderline personality disorder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. But my my big problem is that Nick is an idiot and (laughs) that he does so many things that are wrong that it's like, I don't want to say he deserves what comes to him, but he definitely was in a situation he could have and should have gotten out of pretty early. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so and that's a problem that has many tiny problems that we can talk about throughout the discussion. Yeah, well, that's actually one of my problems as well is that Nick, well, you you call him an idiot, but um, I I don't know. I wrote down he's not really a good guy, <laughs> um, but idiot's probably better. But um, he should have got out of that situation a lot sooner than he did. A lot sooner. I mean, I know you you need a, a ninety minute movie, mm-hmm. but he's at this party for um. Uh, Darian, sorry, Adrian's um, parents are throwing a party and he turns up and she's wearing this dress and they're outside and what he says is uh, if you were 10 years older mm-hmm. and he just met her the day before and, well, two days before and it's like, 
Yeah, you're kind of sort of digging your own grave here, mate, straight away. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's a bit... Yeah. Yeah, she's only 14 and he's 28. And although the actors were 15, because Alicia Silverstone had her 16th birthday film in this movie, mm-hmm. and Carrie Elwes was 30. And um, I, another problem I have, which, like my first problem is a problem throughout the movie, so I'm just going to mention it now. Uh-huh. His American accent <laughs> is not good. No. Bless him. Oh, he <laughs> slips up so many times. Yeah. And this is extra problematic today, because I'm not going to say people don't slip up every once in a while these days, but I feel like we take the accents a little more seriously these days. <laughs> and it just... Oh, there's so many lines where you can tell he is not American. Did he have um, an American accent or a British accent in Wonder Woman that we did for Drop the Pilot? Can you, can you remember? <sighs> I, oh, God, I don't remember. He probably had an American accent, but he probably didn't have enough lines for me to really notice. Or maybe it's improved. But I don't really think his accent, his American accent's that good in anything he does. <laughs> Um, also, I'd like to point out, I just realized this movie is almost as old as his character in this movie. Yeah. 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 Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like to point out how old things are so that yeah. we can really think about our mortality. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I watched this in the year it was released as well. That's really scary. <laughs> and I, I, I will say I do really love that she is like 15 and 16 when filming this. Mm-hmm. Because one problem I do have with um, these kinds of movies or these kinds of characters is you'll have someone like this who's like supposed to be, you know, maybe like a sophomore in high school or whatever, but then they're in their 20s. Like Denise Richards in Wild Things is like mid 20s, late 20s. And it is hard to take it seriously, like getting upset with like, Matt Dillon for, you know, sleeping with a, supposedly sleeping with a high schooler, high school student when it's Denise Richards looking mm. like she's on 30. See, I mean, we can complain about it and we can say that it's yuck, but it's supposed to be yuck. It's yeah. supposed to be a situation where you're not supposed to, you know, like it. And having the actress being 15, the only problem I have with it is the fact that the kiss made my skin crawl, but not, not only because of her age. But because of the fact that Nick doesn't, Nick sees her going in for the kiss and doesn't automatically shove her off the pier mm-hmm. that they're standing on, he just he goes he he kisses her back. I have a lot to say about that scene, so let me just go through this real quick. Go for it. Okay, so they're at this party at her house, at her parents' house. Um, she, I do appreciate that they didn't have her wearing something like super slutty or anything. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's it's a nice dress and. Even though it's shorter because of the style dress it is, it honestly looks to me more childish than sexy. Yes. Um, although it does, uh, it is kind of low cut. But um, I, I did appreciate that, like, they were, he wasn't making her super sexy in every scene. Just some scenes. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I mean, she's wearing, like, 90s fashion in this movie. Yeah. Um, but so she's like, hey. Let's go for a ride. I want to show you something. Okay, first of all, don't get in a car with a teen girl that you hardly know. But two, her parents are there. 
you not going to say anything? You know what I mean? Like, if you insist on going off somewhere with this girl, you should probably talk to her parents first. Like, he doesn't consider her parents at all in this thing. No. Like, the second, a, the second a kid starts acting that creepy with me, I'm going to go talk to their parents. Yep. Um, also don't leave your front door open all the time, but that's another thing. Um, so she, she gets him to go to this pier to like this lighthouse. And once again, they're in this secluded place. Like don't get out of the car and go down there with her. It's inappropriate. Um, and then it, I hate that he kisses her back. Um, I do, but I think that like, if that was something that had happened, like by the pool, or in his house, mm-hmm. I would judge him less harshly. But he took a 14-year-old to a second location mm-hmm. without her parents' permission. And then it happened. And it's like, no, don't do that. That is inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. By that point, he should just move out of town. Just get the fuck out of there. Do you know what I mean? Just... Yeah. But he doesn't because he's Nick and Nick sucks. Um, so my second problem, um, because one of my problems, but not your problem, but luckily I have an extra problem. <laughs> so just in case, my problem is the soundtrack, but mostly the way the songs are used. Because the opening montage of Nick looking for an apartment is really fucking dull. And the Pepe song, which is hard to get by Star Club, doesn't quite fit what's happening. Mm -hmm. If you are flipping through the channels trying to find something to watch and you catch the beginning of this movie, Mm -hmm. you're like, what is this movie? And you see the first few minutes, you are probably not watching the rest of the movie. It is boring as hell. The music isn't exciting enough for the boringness of it. And it's also really frustrating that it's like it shows him looking at like a couple of subpar apartments or crappy apartments, whatever. And then he's like, like he goes in and they don't look good. And then he goes to this house and he says he'll take it before he sees the inside. Yeah. Like already I'm judging him for being an idiot. Like go check the place out. I don't know. And I'm also just judging him because I'm like, how are you not prepared? Like, you're just coming to, like, I don't know, maybe this is how things were done in 93 because you have the internet. But I'm like, you got to move in somewhere right this second. That's true because, I mean, he starts his new job the following day. Yeah, he is not prepared for this move at all. And he's a shitty employee. Yeah, but you're supposed to feel, feel sympathetic for him, but I don't at all. Um... Comcast Business gives you fast gig speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. So you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11 15 20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business Service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1 800 Xfinity today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. Yeah, it's boring, that opening scene. Yeah. I mean, I listen to the song on its own, and it's not a bad song, because I listen to it on YouTube, but mm-hmm. going along with the, the boringness of the opening credits of this movie, I was like, well, there's there's other songs in the soundtrack, but they're mostly in the background or on the mm-hmm. radio. But the main offender is the use of Taste by Otto and Cherokee, because it's actually quite disturbing, because the camera sort of pans up her bikini-clad body and close-up. 
while the song Taste and the lyrics Taste, you can taste it if you want, is playing. Mm-hmm. And that just made me want to vomit because I like that song. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that song in the movie Stay Tuned starring John Ritter. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I love that movie. And that song was in that, it was the year before, it was 92, and that song, I heard that song in that film first, mm-hmm. but then they go and use it in this way, which is really vile and disgusting. Man, that movie was legit. Oh, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. It is. I need to watch it again, though, but it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, I do have some questions about that scene. Like, I'm wondering, in the stuff where they make her really, where they really sexualize her, I am wondering, because I'm trying to figure out how much of a creep um, the writer, director is. Right. Um, I am I am trying to figure out how much he is a creep and how much, like, because it is, like I said, it is very possible he lived at a place with a creepy girl um, and then just fictionalized the hell out of it. But I read in the trivia I read when he's in the closet and sees her naked, mm-hmm. uh, this executive, an angry executive called him. They had watched the movie and they were pissed off there was no nudity. Oh. Um, they wanted to see her butt. And he was like, uh, no, thank you. And the guy, I guess, like made him do it. So they got a body double because he's like, of course, you're not going to see it. You know, the 16 year old's ass. Well, that's good. Yeah. So thinking about that, I'm kind of wondering, like, was he told by executives to make it sexier or was he doing it himself? Because. Right. This movie, while she does, you know, like you see her, her midriff a lot and stuff. Like, like I said before, she's not dressed overly sexual in the same way I've seen in other movies with like similar characters. Like they actually do make her look young sometimes. They do. Like, and she's clearly trying to be sexy. Yeah. But it's, I, I think, I don't know. I think the balance there, it, it kind of surprised me. Um, that I wasn't disgusted by her wardrobe as much as I should be. But that, that bikini thing, it's like, it was gross. It was just the song use. It was the song <laughs> use and the way the camera pans up her body that I, I, I don't like. But I agree with the rest of your points. And also, we do see his ass as well. That is true. And I like, I like some fairness there. Um, which once again, I bring up wild things because there's female nudity in it, but also we see Kevin Bacon's penis. So it's, yes. it, I, I like, I like the, the evenness of that kind of thing. Um, I think I didn't have as much of a problem with this the first time I saw it, not only cause I was younger and it was just like things have changed a lot in the last 20 years or however long it's been. But, um, Alicia Silverstone was sexualized from a pretty young age. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about those Aerosmith videos she did oh, right after yep. this, mm-hmm. she's, I was shocked when I got older and found out how young she was when she did those videos. Yeah. Um, it's a little upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially when you watch Clueless and it, when she did Clueless, she was like 17, 18 or something like that. And she seems so innocent mm-hmm. in that movie. Um, and it's weird to think of like how many things I saw where she was supposed to be really sexy before I saw Clueless. I hope she's okay. I hope that didn't like cause problems in her life. Well, she feeds her children by spitting in their mouths. So. Okay, but that's like <laughs> <laughs> that's in a whole other. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get into that <laughs> that part because I could do a whole podcast series <laughs> on her. <laughs> And her parenting. 
Yeah, she needs a comeback. She needs a, a like a TV show or something. Oh, she has one coming out soon. Oh, has she? What is it? She's not the star. No. Because uh, it's a kid's show, but it's something I'm very excited about. She is one of the parents in uh, the Babysitter's Club TV show. Oh, is it going to be another Babysitter's Club TV show? Yes. And I've seen pictures of the kids, and they look perfect. I read right. those books when I was growing up, and she's one of the parents. And I'm very excited because it's Netflix, so it'll probably be pretty good. Good. I did not know that. Good for her. Um, we're only on problem number two, so do you have a second problem? Well, my second problem was his accent. My first problem was just him in general. Okay, so my third problem is how practical is it to have an entire carousel in your attic? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he, okay. And And a giant fan. He gave the most believable reason. For having a carousel in the attic that you could possibly have. Like, it's one of those things where it's stupid. But he's a rich asshole. Mm-hmm. And rich assholes do some weird-ass shit. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I'm aware. <laughs> I used to watch MTV Cribs. And you watch enough episodes of MTV Cribs and see what these people do in their houses. That it's like, no, I totally buy this. Some rich guy. I don't believe he would take it up himself. I think he would have servants to do that. But of course. But um, I believe like if you are wealthy and you're building a whole attic as a playroom. Um, but I also think that the second you see a carousel in um a thriller, you know it's going to be in the third act. Chekhov's carousel. <laughs> I also think the use of the carousel in the net was better than this, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Which, oh, <laughs> I love the net. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we're talking about uh, the carousel, though, I want to talk about her creepy ass dad. Okay, yes. I apparently okay. I have fifty problems with this movie. Um, no, that's quite all right. And I'm about to get dark. Uh, if oh. you're ready for it, right? Strap okay. in. He says this, and he's saying this to a guy that he doesn't really know. He mm-hmm. says this past year she's really blossomed physically. Like I can't tell in the scene if he's like suspicious of something happening with them and is trying to scare Nick off mm. or if he's just a creepy ass dad. But I'll tell you what they like. She is painted as this like um this femme fatale, like this woman who's just like this girl who's after him and is just kind of evil or whatever. And in my experience, when I was a teenager, the kids that seemed to go after older guys, they had been abused. Um, and I know that's not sexy. <laughs> that's the kind of thing, like, if, if a teen girl is acting like that around a much older man, my first thought is, what happened to them? Yeah. Okay, right. So going back to what something you said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm going, I'm going to agree with you that Nick is just an idiot. Yeah. And he's not um an evil douchebag. Not that yes, I thought he was, but he's not he's not like he, he doesn't help set the situation, but he's yeah. not to quote unquote blame. Mm-hmm. So I think we can maybe put it down to um Adrian's um Adrian's behaviour down to the fact that her dad is Clarence Bodiger from um, Robocop. Mm-hmm. 
So I think maybe, you know, she didn't stand a chance anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, her mom seems fine, but her dad seems really creepy and really mm-hmm. weird. Like the way he's talking to him in that scene, he seems really weird. And so even if, even if like he never abused her or anything, like she's clearly in an environment where like her parents probably aren't treating her the way they should be treating someone her age. She's, I mean, she's, she's supposed to be super smart and she's very talented. Um, and so they, like, I think that's supposed to give us like the idea that she's like wise beyond her years or whatever. Um, which I hate that trip. I hate that trip. Like they're supposed to be so mature. So it's okay for the guy to be going after them, but he's not, I mean, he's the thing is, He's not, I don't think he's bad. I think he's a bad no. employee, but I don't think yeah. he's, he's a bad person when it comes to Adrian. But I do think that there's something wrong with you if you are not trying to get out of the situation. If you are not talking yes. to the parents, like saying teen girls are just coming into my apartment. Cause, um, Amber Benson comes in or Amber Benson. Cheyenne. Yeah, Cheyenne. Thank you. She comes in like first day and he's not like, why the fuck are you in here? Mm-hmm. And he leaves his door open all the time. Like, there's all these things that he, like, is, I'm not saying he's, like, leading her on by it, but there's no. some encouragement to continue coming to visit him. Exactly, yes, yes. He's not encouraging the, the sexuality of it all, but he's encouraging the friendship. Yes. Which is, in her mind, encouraging the sexuality. Mm-hmm. And he shouldn't have kissed her. And I, you know what? I even usually give characters the benefit of the doubt when they kiss someone back when they shouldn't be kissing them on TV and in movies. Cause I'm like, I have to imagine like, if anything, you might just, if you, especially if you are enjoying the attention you're getting, cause I think he does enjoy the attention he's getting from her. Yes. I could see how you might kiss back, but like at that point you're like, no, you're not, I'm not spending time with you anymore. You make me uncomfortable. And then, well, I was about to say, maybe you tell the parents, but you shouldn't have taken her to a second location. So exactly. He didn't help much. God, he's an idiot. Uh, Nick and his girlfriend have sex, and Adrian uses the used condom to as proof that he had sex with Adrian. Well, he mm-hmm. raped Adrian. Did she say rape or, or they had sex? I can't remember. I think rape. rape. I don't know. Right. I, all I know is she is good. <laughs> she is good she like she beat herself like i want to see the scene where she's like beating the shit out of herself Mm um i mean she has murdered someone before it's it's um we learned that she had a crush on someone at a camp a camp counselor or something mm -hmm. and then she uh, he died um he accidentally died by uh, eating something he shouldn't have ate. He was allergic to something, I think that's what it was. <laughs> or he was poisoned in some way anyway. Um, so she has murdered someone. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the movie, she has another crush um, on <laughs> when she's put in the <laughs> hospital. Um, she's now got a crush on her doctor. So I wish uh, we'd seen more of Cheyenne. I really liked her. Yeah. But I also felt like and she was, I, I mean, I think she should have talked to Adrian's parents instead, although maybe she knew that it would be useless. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I kind of, you know, well, a lot of problems like what I'm about to say are problems that make it so the movie wouldn't exist. <laughs> like, if it's true. like, oh, he should have moved out right away, then the movie doesn't exist, right? No, but, I know, like, but 
just just think of it as something that actually happened. Yeah. Uh, rather than think of it as a movie. The second she realizes that Adrian is infatuated with him, I think she should have gone to him and been like, hey, I just need to give you a heads up. You might want to avoid her. Yeah, she's a fucking psycho. And um, I my third problem, because we've we've already gotten kind of to the end, but mm-hmm. my OK, so he <laughs> apparently got hired for this job because he's a great researcher, but a terrible writer because um, he's a journalist. And what it's that's hilarious like i kind of get how that would be a thing but i think it needs to be worded differently like he's able to get the the like tough interviews or whatever he's a dogged reporter he's just not a great writer Mm -hmm. so he turns in his story and they're like this is great you're a great writer and it turns out adrian rewrote it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so once again she's a genius and so you know he's like okay whatever and he le- he he just takes credit for the fourteen year old's work, mm-hmm. and I then then later he's going to turn something in, and she has deleted it from his computer. Mm-hmm. And here's like the thing: it's very cringy watching computer stuff in the nineties because yeah. um, not only have things changed a lot and it looks very primitive, but it's almost all wrong. Mm-hmm. That's and why we should do the net. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. Um, what drove me crazy is he was trying to find this file and an error came up that said zero f- files on disk. Mm-hmm. And then he tries again and another th- error comes up that says no files found. <laughs> and he tries again. And another error comes up that says empty disk. <laughs> no, that's not what errors look like. That sounds like the computer was getting pissed off with them. Yeah, I know. The computer's just like, there's no fucking files. Yeah. Like, you need to let it go, Nick. It's, it just, for some reason, that really got to me. So that was your, that was your third problem. That is my third yeah. problem. I'm technically probably seventh, but yeah. Yeah. I just, oh. No, no, I feel you. Well, and like, he shows, he shows up to his first day of work and he's late and it just, he just, and he, oh, and his clothes. The 90s fashion in this movie. <laughs> I like Amy though. She, I like her style, but yeah, ooh, his clothes are terrible. Introducing touch free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber, poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. No, there should have been more Cheyenne in this, actually, because Amber Benson plays that well. And, I mean, you would think alarm bells would go off when um, Cheyenne falls off the horse. Mm -hmm. Um, Because... Clearly, it, it was something to do with uh, Adrian because Adrian was sorting the saddle for her. But that's bullshit. Like, here's the thing. So mm-hmm. she does that because she sees Cheyenne talking to Nick. Okay, she's upstairs behind a window. I seriously doubt she hears what she says. Like, why is she doing this to Cheyenne? 
Like, what does she think is happening? Does she know that Cheyenne's warning him? Does she think Cheyenne's hitting on him? Um, Like, what? why does she even do that in the first place? Well, if she thinks that Cheyenne is hitting on Nick, then that is her own fault. Because she tells Cheyenne to go and see Nick first. It's true. <laughs> and she is normally very rational. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, one thing that kind of drove me crazy was that she's actually a, a very smart young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is mature. And I felt like her shrine was very childish. Yeah. Also, she has it in his basement. He goes down there. All these candles are lit. When did she light the candles? What? <laughs> what's going on there? What the fuck? I know. The candles just lit, like, constantly. I mean, it makes no and, sense. And he, he <laughs> blocks off the trap door to get down there. He didn't blow out the candles. <laughs> They're still going. Is he not afraid of a fire? Yeah. <laughs> Nick is not smart. No, Nick's a fucking moron. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's his own fault. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. At a certain point, it is. As yeah. Well, it's his own fault. I mean... Two days into moving there, he knows that this girl likes him. He, Like you said, he drives her away from the party, and then he doesn't push her away when she kisses. That is that is where it all goes to shit. Yeah. And that is when he should have just been like, nope, out, bye. But then, obviously, he still has to drive her back home. So, yeah, Nick's an idiot. Um, so, I have one... I have come up with one positive. You actually come up with a couple of positives there when you were talking about the film. But I have come up with one positive in this film. Something I actually genuinely like. Okay. And that is... When they're in the attic mm-hmm. and um, Cheyenne is tied up mm-hmm. on the um, carousel and he's mm-hmm. trying to get her off the carousel on tire and the dad is taking his sweet-ass time trying to get up into the attic to save save his daughter because he thinks his daughter's in trouble. And Adrian runs towards Nick with, I think it's a crowbar or something mm-hmm. in her hand. Mm-hmm. And yeah. with one hand, he grabs a crowbar, and with the other hand, he punches her the fuck out. <laughs> and she goes flying about seven feet through the air. <laughs> that is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I found that moment on YouTube and just watched it a couple of times. <laughs> Even after I watched the movie. It's so yeah. stupid. That is the one thing I remember about the movie that I, and I think it is amazing. Well, and I, I, I can't tell. Are they trying to be serious or do they know how ridiculous it is? I think it's a, I don't know, actually. Because <laughs> it is cartoonish. It absolutely is. Because she's running at him and the music's swelling and she's screaming and then as soon as he punches her the music stops and she stops screaming because she goes flying through the air and it's just it's just so well like edited and it's just really fucking funny and um, I mean she goes flying she does it's fantastic oh man it's like the Hulk punched her (laughs) oh my god it's it's like when Buffy because I always bring up Buffy of course we talk. Uh, it's like when Buffy would be thrown up against the wall, and like the whole wall would break. And it's like, dude, 
that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't make sense that he would punch her and she would go flying across the attic. No, that's brilliant. Oh, it's iconic is what it is. It is. It's fantastic. It's the best thing about this. If you don't watch the film, dear listeners, just go on. <laughs> go on YouTube and just look for The Crush 1993 um, end scene or... Um, carousel scene or whatever or punch maybe <laughs> also if you don't watch it. the movie just go watch the trailer because they show you a bunch of stuff from the end in the trailer yeah it's a terrible and, trailer and the trailer her name is uh darian in the trailer as well. mm-hmm. yeah um, obviously uh so what is your your um one positive um it's Alicia Silverstone. She's right. really good. Like, yes. I mean, I think that most of the acting in this movie is good. Like, even, you know, bad accent aside, I think everyone does a good job. And sometimes when you watch these thrillers, especially, like, from the 80s and 90s, it's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but especially her, this is her first film role. Um, You watch it, and it's not surprising she hit it huge, you know, a couple years later. Mm-hmm. And there's so, she just has this quality. There's just something about her. And um, she's really good. She does yes. it. She does these perfect evil looks. Like I, I totally, I do. I went in watching it this morning, thinking that I was going to hate him and feel sorry for her. Right. But I hated him, and still thought she was evil. Yeah. And that's impressive because when I go back and watch movies and TV shows where there was supposed to be a teen girl that was like evil in this way, it's usually it doesn't hold up that way. So I think she's just really good. Well, she was. No, I, I gave you a hundred percent. I don't understand this movie. <laughs> I really don't. Like I just and I've watched because this is. One of those movies that's like a lot like, you know, the kind of TV or like that, you know, they usually say lifetime movies or whatever. But like mm-hmm. around this time, the movie of the week was really big here. Yeah. Um, I'm used to people being more cartoonishly evil and stuff in those. Yeah. So it's so weird to me that he's this character that's like it's he's not lusting after her necessarily. No. But he's also not being like, oh, she needs to go away. She's awful. She makes me uncomfortable. And yeah. he's like this middle thing, and I need him to be <laughs> cartoonishly one way or the other. Yeah, you have. To, ideally, he would be like Adrian, Darian, whatever the fuck your name is. Please fuck off, just leave. And mm-hmm. he never does. Well, he does, but he he's not really. He only really gets aggressive when he works out that you know people are getting hurt. <laughs> And you know what? He he should go to her parents, but also Amy should maybe have a talk with her parents. Like she told Amy she had small breasts. Like she is talking to Amy really inappropriately. Mm. And I'm just like, why is no one telling the parents that their kid is a monster? Yeah. And then Cheyenne should also do it. And then that would be like more than one person saying it. Um, and two females say that, and also one who's known Adrian for years, maybe. Mm-hmm. I blame her parents for this whole thing, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, it's absolutely 100% the parents' fault. Yes. Um, they have raised a psychopath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's all that can be said about this movie, really. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> 
Um, well, okay then, that's all we have uh, time for. We don't have any social set up for the podcast yet. But if you'd <laughs> like to um, follow my other podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. Um, and uh, what about you, Jen? Well, I have pi- Pilot Inspectors, which we haven't recorded in forever. Right. Um, but I still tweet a lot at, at Pilot Inspectors. And then I also have um, Closer to Free, which is a Party 5 rewatch podcast, um, which we also haven't done in a while, but that's because some recordings were messed up and it's very dramatic. Oh. Um, and that's at Closer to Free Pod on the social meds. <laughs> As the kids are saying these days. Yes. Um so yeah so thank you um, for listening to this uh, first episode of uh, So What's the Problem Uh, I've been Jimmy I've been Jen and we'll speak to you next time goodbye bye